Welcome to Poet Waffle, episode 22, with me, Daniel Cockrell, where I invite a poet round my house for an intimate chat. And during that chat, we explore the visceral space between fact and fiction, which I believe is more of a feeling where poets use their emotions to navigate the world and hopefully reveal certain truths that are neglected by those other fields. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome back into the Waffle Shed our first returning guest ever, um, poet, comedian, writer, uh, man of beauty, is Rob Alton. All right, Dan. How's it going? I haven't, yeah, seen, right. you for, I haven't seen you for ages, actually. No, no. Since your birthday party. Yeah, in a Spanish bar. In a Spanish bar. So before we, um, before, I think we're going to talk about your new book. Uh, we're going to talk about your new show that you're putting together. Yeah. We're going to uh, maybe talk about the process of doing that. Okay. Um, we're going to have an attempt to answer a big question at some point yeah. during the chat. Uh, but before that, I did um, buy you a birthday present because it hadn't arrived on your birthday. Okay. Okay. And uh, you can open it live. Oh, fantastic. And I haven't seen you, so... Brilliant. Um, All right. Well, I'll just describe the paper. Thanks, Don. Um, the paper... Uh, one of the things on it is a uh, <laughs> cut out it's an avocado that's been cut in half it's got a smiley face and it's holding four balloons which yeah. is good isn't it yeah kind of the same the avocado's kind of the same shape as well no the balloons are a bit ra- rounder avocado balloons you have a uh, then there's a cat lobster dinosaur donut bit of sushi you can tell I've got kids because i've got a lot of kids birthday wrapping paper i think it's to, good though isn't it of, uh, that's yeah. what wrapping paper should look like yeah no it's good wrapping paper that all right i've opened the top of it and i can see that it is a book and it is a copy of my own book no, no, it's not really <laughs> if i'd have done that that would have been cruel oh look here we go a book leonard cohen on a wire flipping it god this looks brilliant it's the graphic novel of Leonard Cohen's oh, life, or well, biography. I know you like Leonard Cohen, we're yeah, big fans, aren't we? So. Look at that, thanks Dan, that is amazing. I knew you'd like that, I thought, well, that is brilliant. I, I think you'd uh, get a lot from that. I think that my, um, I don't think my uh, lack of, I, I'm not uh, very good at receiving presence you know and um you know sometimes you get people and you give them a gift and you, they're just like oh, cheers like it, yeah. cheers and, um, I, I mean i am made up with that but um if no, it, no, if no, it no. comes across on the podcast like i'm just a rude twat who is um yeah, trying to about, fake sincerity then what about other people who go oh thank you so much you know and then like they might get um a bottle of wine, a red wine. Oh, no, no, no. And they might say to the person who's bought it, oh, thank you so much, and they don't drink red wine. And then if, for, for the next 20 years, for the rest of their life, that person keeps buying them a bottle of red wine because they think they, they like <laughs> No, you're you going to... Yeah. But no, um, so, books, are a, books are a very good thing to open, aren't they? Ah, oh, I love books. So think, talking about books, here's, let's talk about your book. Oh, yeah. So you bought out a book recently. When did it actually come out? But it's still new. Uh, August, September time, was it? I think August, maybe. Yeah. And it, it's your book's August. called I Strongly Believe in Incredible Things. Yeah. A creative journey through the everyday wonders of the world. And I'm, I would just um, advise everyone to go out and buy a copy for yourself and a copy for your friends for Christmas because it's, uh, it's well worth having. Um, got some really nice quotes on there uh, from people. We need him, the Scotsman, a genuine original, and I'd agree with that. We need him, the Scotsman, um, and then they gave me that review, and it was, we need him, three stars. <laughs> tell, tell us about the book then. Why why did you decide to do a book? Um, what, was it a great experience doing it? But what, Why did you think, oh, a book's a good way to, I want to put it in, a, in between the covers? Um... Well, it was in 2020 with 
lockdown and all that. Oh, right. I was, yeah, I was yeah. doing daily podcast, so I'd written a fair amount of new stuff. Award-winning podcast. <laughs> Award-winning podcast. Excuse me. Um, and uh, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Speaking to people in in person in a recorded. It's different from if you just. Well, it is and it isn't, but I think that if we'd have had this chat at the well, we did have a chat like this probably in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. I was maybe a bit more astute, and I mean, I'm not saying I've ever been astute, but my brain, the the tunnel from my brain to my mouth yeah. was a bit less clogged up yeah. with the shit of the last two years yeah I agree and yeah. my br- my brain isn't you know it's quite worrying but it isn't the cogs aren't moving it hasn't been in, worked out in the same way no no no, 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 no it's like if you stop going to the gym and doing your your bicep yeah. curls yeah you, bi- you, you know you suddenly get a bit flabby around your bicep yeah. I think that's what's happened with you've stopped having as ma- many conversations as you would in a day well, so, t- you, so you suddenly you lose that idea of oh this is how I respond. Well, totally. And I mean, there's an example. But the um, I saw that thing with Boris Johnson when he couldn't find his words and he lost his place in yeah, his yeah. speech. And I thought, you know, he had COVID, and he was, and he nearly died, I think. And what if you know? Because he's an absolute beast, and I'm not a fan. But if if he's if that's what it's done to him, and he's as robust as that, or maybe he's just a flipping buffoon anyway. But I don't know. Anyway, I did a book because I wanted all the spaces to be in. I wanted all my things to be in one place, and I wanted to uh, just try and make something that I really wanted to be. I just wanted to work on something and. With working on that, the drawings and doing the write, the actual writing of the things and scanning them into Photoshop and getting rid of all the blemishes and and um, uh, getting all the type in the right place, that was um, something that just uh, really helped me, I think. And I guess the result of it is that book. Um, and, yeah... I strongly believe in incredible things. I mean, there's that is true, and I just with that book, I just want to try to uh, make myself think about the world really, and because that's what I like doing. But in a day to day, I think you know you just got to try and carve out a space for yourself so you can uh, do what you want to do and think about what you think about, and that you know what Bob Dylan says about someone's a success if. <clears throat> They get up in the morning and go to bed at night time and in between yeah. they do what they want to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. What I really love about it is um, like the drawings, if you hold them far away and look at them, they'd be really quite realistic, like mm. photorealistic almost. But when you get close up, you can see your hand at work because they're made out of biro. And it's a bit like you're writing. You can tell that somebody... Not, not a professional, slick mm. uh, co- uh, f- um, copy editor has written this. It's someone who's got who's really alive, and the production hasn't you know it hasn't carved off the mistakes in a way or the little bits of um, feedback in them. And then your drawings are like that, and your writings like that, and that is why I think it has such an impact on people when they see you saying them on stage or they read them in this book or. It's because it's not slick and they're used to just seeing everything has to run correctly mm. in the world. And if it doesn't, people complain about it. Whereas <clears throat> when you do this, you're like, oh, actually, this is what the world should be like. Everyone should be able just to put out how they are at mm. this time. Or this is how I feel today. Or this is how I do my job. It might not be as efficient as Brian from checkout number three, but I'm doing it the best I can yeah and I probably want that world and I think this book definitely describes 
that or attempts to say, look, this is everything's really brilliant. Mm-hmm. We just need to appreciate it for that. And well, so I'm like just trying to get uh, the humanity mm. out onto the page or whatever. Just try and go. Ah, flipping heck, I don't really know what anything is, but I've been born and uh, I'm going to try to uh, say how I feel about it and that's it really. And just, but that is what, if everyone in the world had the, um, if everyone was just saying, you know, standing up and going, oh, this is what I think about this, this is what I think about and was was given a if we got to know each other a bit but we there's too many there's too many of us so it's in, it's almost impossible isn't it to mm. go uh, that's why I'm writing this new show about crowds and um yeah one of the ways that I try to humanize people is uh looking at them and wondering if they have any brothers or sisters or not and um that does that does make someone different than just rather than them just being in your way in London, you know? Yeah. Um, and just things like that, that just, and then I thought, oh God, if I said hello to everyone who I see every day in Hackney, say there's a guy who stands on the wall and he's always got his arms crossed outside Lidl and, um, he's got a flat cap and like a, a gray beard and he's there every day and he's smoking and he just watches people and he must live like in one of the houses that um I don't know if there's a shelter or what but if I said to him all right I'm Rob I'm from York originally where are you from uh what are you up to and then there's a guy called Fergus who who and I know that because some he was asking someone for money on the bus, no, who was getting on the bus and the guy said, oh, what's your name? And he went, oh, I'm Ferguson from here. And I thought, oh, that's all you need to do, like try and find out what the, what people's names are. But in London, I guess there's an element of fear with that, of going, oh, if I, if I speak to that person and I find out their name and I build up a little bit of a connection, does that get me involved in their world do I want to be involved in their world have I got time to be involved in their world is it a dangerous place mm. what's the crack you know I think though <clears throat> if you if you you don't have to be involved in people's world but you could I like the idea of everyone you meet on the street and go hey there mm. even so I'm Dan and once you meet those people regularly mm. you, you will never your paths will never cross outside of that uh, street, but I, there's definitely because we have a school run, mm. you know. The, there's definitely people I say hello to who I don't know their name, I don't know anything about them. So there's the woman who walks the dog, she lives a few streets across. We always say hello to her, don't know anything about her. There's all the mechanics just around the corner. I say hello to them, don't know their names, anything about them. I don't even take my car there mm. uh, to get fixed. I should do probably. Um, <clears throat> So there's lots of different people that I say hello to that I don't know, and I think it's a nice thing just to say hello to strangers and, you know, all right, how's it going? I think it changes people's day and perception of the world. But just oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I've started um, going to the golf driving <coughs> range in on Greenwich Peninsula. So you get off the um, tube at North Greenwich, yeah. walk past the... What was the Millennium Dome now the O2? Yeah, and uh, then you you walk through a little bit of an industrial estate, and then there's a driving range. And I used to love golf, and I still love golf. And uh, so I've started playing it a bit. And um, there's a lady on the who who checks you in or whatever. And the first time I went there, she said, "Oh." She looked at the appointment. I said, hi there. And she looked at the sheet and she said, are you Rob? And I said, yeah. And I said, how do you know that? And she said, oh, I've just got an instinct <laughs> for people's names. And she said, oh, the mouse just um, leads me to it. It's like a magic mouse. And I was like, oh, okay. But then the other, then, so she, I don't know if that's her trick 
for remembering people's names. But now, every time I go, she's like, all right, Rob. And then I, I saw her name on her name tag. It's like, oh, you, you're Donna. So now I say, all right, Donna, you're right. And, I not, and I'm not very good at remembering people's names. It's like, you know, Laurie from Bang Said the Gun, Laurie Budger, who was a person who was always, she'd find out someone's name once, like a sound yeah. tech yeah. when we were on tour or whatever. And said it back to them, and then that's it. And you, then she'd say to her, oh, he's a legend. And then she'd remember it, wouldn't she? Well, yeah, I think, <clears throat> and I, I want to try to be one of those people who says people's names, and that's something that's in my <laughs> or, or like, culture. Or like um, Martin, who's also part of Bangs of the Gun, who doesn't remember names or faces. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> the opposite of that. <laughs> no, no, no. But that is a thing. But yeah, you want to be someone who remembers people's names. I'm terrible at names, I have to say. No, but it's not. It's not because I'm so self-obsessed to not think. Oh, what's this person got for me? Do I need to remember their name or not? It's just I don't know if I've got like face blindness or something, or my brain doesn't work in that way. I think some people's brains do work in that way, and other people's don't. And you know, I've, you know, I've forgotten my best friend's name before, which is really. But you have a blank. I'd be like, God, I can't even remember. I think it's the onset of. Right. <laughs> Dave. It's Rob, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's, <come> <clears throat> but um, tell us about so the show that you're trying to put together. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the time I saw the time show in 2019 when it was at its peak. You mm. you toured it all, uh, or you hadn't toured it all. You you'd worked on it really hard and got to Edinburgh Festival. Had, yeah. And when I it was just an amazing piece piece of theatre. And it was moving and funny, and it was probably the coming together of all the shows you'd done before. Yeah. And for those people that don't know, you you take a. I remember when you were speaking about what you were going to do. You said, "I'm going to take a theme, and I'm going to make a show about it." And your first one was the Yellow Show. Yeah. And then you went from strength to strength, making them slightly better. You know, you understood what you were doing, and then the Time Show. I think everything came together. You know, it was poignant. It, you know, um, and it was funny, and it had everything in it that you'd worked towards for the last eight years for that. Mm. <clears throat> when you're starting a new show, what's the process, or, and how terrifying is it, or what do you, how do you feel when you're first putting those first ideas down? Um, it's it's, it's nerve wracking. Is it nerve wracking? Not really. I think it's just a case of. Everything is in the past so quickly, you know. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Jesus, I've got to. Okay, this done. I got a, I got a message from someone who came. They they said, oh, I saw your work in progress recently, and then some something, and then they said, oh, and then I saw the show in in Mac, Mac Comedy Festival, and they'd really enjoyed it, and they. The time show. Yeah, yeah. but I yeah. thought that they were talking about this new show that I was doing, and I yeah. thought, oh, brilliant, that's great, because, and it was almost as if, oh, that, you know, that doesn't, that, no, this, they were talking about the, the talk show, the one I did before right, the time right, show, right, right. and it was just, I don't know, it's, I wrote something in my notes about it last night that was um, if it isn't right now or in the future I'm not interested there's no point <clears throat> and I, I do kind of feel like that I think maybe I've been I've been reading this book The Power of Now yeah with Eckhart Tolle and that is is just it has to be now 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 or in even the future is, what's, that's nothing, it's just, it's got to be now, so when I'm writing a new show, I think, I just love being in that moment of trying, sitting at the laptop and deleting something or scribbling out on paper and just it being in that moment then, yeah. Yeah. And, and then being in the moment of the show, and when, you can't try to predict what people are going to like or not like or anything like that. For me, I can't. Anyway, it's... And I was 
it's a pretty director who did like Pan's Labyrinth, Guillermo yeah, yeah. del Toro. Yeah, yeah. He was saying about it has to be in. It's got to be instinct mm. because if you start trying to think about results or anything like that, then you're uh, it. That isn't where it at, and you know it's just it. So it just has to. It's almost impossible though to get it in that moment every yeah, yeah. time of thinking I'm writing this I'm enjoying writing this don't think about the show Rob tonight mm. uh, just think about the words right now but that's dangerous you know if you don't think about the future at all you f- you're going to be you're going to get found out pretty quick do you worry do you worry that the show wouldn't be as good as the time show oh 100% but I've 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 worried about that with with everything I'm not saying it's like a it's so yeah. Then you end up doing really bad gigs on purpose. So then you don't worry about no, you don't. But <laughs> you're like, oh, that was crap. So this one's definitely going to be better. But um, the no, when I did the show about the colour yellow, that went oh okay, not brilliant. Some people enjoyed it, some people didn't. And then I thought, well, what am I going to do now? And then just, I've just then just thought, okay, do another show. Do another show. Do another show. Do another show. Try and get to ten. This will be my ninth one, and then you just go, okay. And what then? What am I going to do? But it was pretty obvious in the in that period between the Yellow Show and the Time Show, and all you were doing so many gigs, and it was obvious to me mm. uh, and the bang lot that because you were practicing so hard well, in, practicing, in, in lot in lots of different scenarios and having really bad gigs and having really good gigs you became a, a, an expert in, a, in able to judge oh this is going to be good I, I know I can pull this off here this is going to be really tough and uh, what am I going to do to pull this off mm. and that really showed your craft was far better than mine and Martin's and you know even Laurie's you, because you've done so many um, but that but it's <clears> that <throat> Jeffrey Lewis has got a song about time trade and if you if you focus on something and do that yeah and try at it then yeah. there's no there's no magic to it no exactly it's yeah. going that is going to have that's going you're going to get better at it yeah and unfortunately say these crowd show work in progresses you, I, I went with 18 sides of a4 the other day and you stand up in front of a like forty people in a in a comedy club, and uh, some of them are there on a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock just because they'd seen a um, the blurb of it on the website and it mm. said um, um, the crowd show work in progress and then I put some good quotes on there and then they 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 think and quite rightly oh this should be a enjoyable funny. <laughs> afternoon and then I get up and I'm like okay who's seen me before about five people say yeah and then every, give me a cheer if you've never seen me before I'm like yeah and then I instantly hits me in the face of going oh right you're, you're actually going to have to try at this like you always have to do anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no gigs that are like gimmies because if you go and you try and you like ah uh, I don't really care about this. I just want to know if you like my ideas or not. Can you just yeah, give me yeah, a tick yeah. or a cross? Yeah. But then that is that's like the ultimate of lo- not living in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And that like, when we used to work in advertising, there used to be advertising spiel of um, the brief you've got at the moment for the advert, even if it looks like a bad brief, that is the most important brief you'll ever have in the world. Mm. You can't just kind of sideline it and think oh there'll be a bigger gig next week and so that even that is a learning curve of me doing these work in progresses and thinking like going with the I, I, I said I've got 18 sheets of A4 and a lady at the back went oh, like that <laughs> and people started laughing and then I just sat down on the stage and started shaking my head and um, it was a funny moment but people if, if, if it costs a fiver, then people don't care whether it costs a fiver or not. It's it's People are so 
I think over the last two years, time is so uh, precious, precious and yeah. powerful. Yeah, yeah. And they think if if you're not committing to the moment as much as them, mm. they some of them has, have travelled from, I don't know, across London. Yeah. If it's if it's taken them an hour on the tube to get there, and then you turn up and you're not really asked about the gig, then they're probably never going to see you again. They'd be like, oh, do you remember that work in progress? It just wasn't bothered, was it? Like, what was that about? What was it? Yeah. When really, yeah. I think because of the process of me writing out these ideas, blah, 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 thinking, oh, I like that idea. Oh, that'll definitely work in Edinburgh once I, once I get that sorted out. I don't really give a shit about these people. But you can't think like that because I really do and I, I really want... And one of the toughest things is that it, it is all about confidence. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a good... If you work really hard... Um, if I if I work really hard and I get it and I go through it, just 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 right. I'm going to do this. Here, I'm going to do that. There, da, 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 da. First of all, you feel good about yourself because you've worked hard. You know, like Bruce Springsteen's on always on about that, isn't he? That work mm. ethic and nothing mm. gives you feeling of self worth like putting a shift in. And then, um, no matter what you do, if you I remember walking home w- once when I'd just done like a day of admin or mm. updating my website but then I did it I went to the post office did this did that did that did that it wasn't like I had a mega gig during the day but I just felt that I'd had a day where I'd been really disciplined yeah productive really productive and I would focused but that's another thing of, of the last two years is that my um uh attention span and my ability to focus on a thing has dwindled yeah yeah which is really annoying because i used to love um sitting down and just trying to thrash something out and do, 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 do. and now it's much more difficult and i feel like i need to retrain my brain mm. to get that and yesterday i updated my website for the first time in two years like I had a proper mm. look at it and up, updated it and put right I've done a time show I've done this put some new pictures on it I'm going to start selling some prints from the book if anyone's interested I'm going to put them on my website for sale tomorrow I think and uh, I just thought oh yeah it reminded me of how hungry I used to be and I want to try to get that hunger back it's like what Gordon Gordon Ramsay says like if you if you uh, get settled and you get, if you get comfortable, you get taken over, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm doing massively brilliant or anything like that. I really do feel like I'm at, at the bottom of the mountain, but I, it's that, it has to be that hunger to go, I want to make this the best show that I can possibly make it. And the way to do that is by sending yourself to work like I was watching that Jerry Seinfeld comedian documentary and he said he had an epiphany when he saw the um some workmen going to work you know with the crash helmets on at nine o'clock in the morning and he thought they don't want to go yeah why should I have the privilege of being able to pick up my pen when I want you know just do it just get your get your ass into gear like Nick Cave would put on a suit in the morning no, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and get yeah. to work because it was like oh I'd go to he'd go to an office and yeah to to do his work rather than sit at home in your pajamas. You've got to be a bit more. But know, that's that, I think that's one of the downfalls of um, society is that the documentation of people's hard work and failures yeah. isn't shown. Yeah, yeah. Like on these golf videos that I watch on Instagram, everyone's hitting the perfect shots, but it doesn't show you the nine that they messed up yeah, before yeah. that. So it's like got this music behind it and it's like they do these traces. So it shows there's a red line that goes behind the ball and it's dead straight. And it mm. says, if you drop your shoulder here mm. and it's like that, boosh. and it's the same with, um, you know, hit singles uh, like Adele songs or whatever no doubt Adele is like a massive talent but it doesn't people aren't 
shown the graft, and it's like Ed Sheeran and people like that, then he was gigging for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at, and then he was doing these gigs in the small tents at Glastonbury, and everyone was loving it, and then he just worked and worked and worked and worked, and then... So it's people are meant to think like, oh, this big illusion of making it or whatever, and that doesn't exist, you know, because with Adele, she's just released a big album. Mm. She'll probably, you know, she'll be touring that next year. In 2024, what's she going to... If she doesn't start working again, she's just going to be Adele who made that album. She's got to go like, right, okay, let's go to work again. And that's, what, that's where the um, gold is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Of just sitting down and making yourself work and um, even I know like J.K. Rowling who's I mean what can you what can you say about some of the stuff that she talks about anyway cut this bit but <laughs> but, but she says she said one thing that she said was um I want to be remembered as someone who worked as hard as they could with the talent that they were given. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> not, you know. <laughs> no, but I, I, I mean, that is, that, all that stuff over on the internet and over that period mm. of when we were all shut down, people started to live their lives o- online and not, sitting next to each other and chatting yeah, yeah. and so none of that confusion would come if if you're sitting next to people I don't think I think it's very hard to if you're sat next to someone who you have opposing views to I'm sure when you talk and chat th- those boundaries are broken down you start to understand each other better but when you're just pinging off messages on Twitter mm. I think those things are never get broken down really people you just get more and more angry at the end of your at the end of your feet it's really bad for your oh I, I keep singing that um that silver dunes jews line where he says well, you know will soul music change now our souls have grown strange and I, it it feels really poignant at the moment i just think god man i think things have changed in people's souls and what they probably want from art and we've just got to get back to creating stuff and and, 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 and and enjoying things and experiencing uh, the world in a better way than what we're actually doing it at the moment you know yeah but I think I think humans and the way that we are wired up will reject hopefully the um, the, the the thrill of looking at a like and going, oh, that's my day made, you know. Or, or, or I don't know if, um, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of looking at my phone and I, I've watched a lot of self-help videos and how to not look at your phone and do I? Sometimes I've probably watched one. And, and he said... Um, it's because we're looking, we're looking for the. We used to go out hunting yeah. and looking for things, and if we find it, we that would be our food, so we'd yeah. feel good. And it's the same when you open up your phone. You look, probably looking for something. That's you, not there, you're looking yeah. for something. Yeah. And is it a like? Is it a new video? Is it a quote? Is it is it um, a message from someone? And it gives you that feeling of oh. I've, I've, something's happened, you know, and so I'm a big believer in, um, you know, the idea of like the food you eat makes you feel better. Like if you're just eating a load of Haribo every day, you feel better. But also the things you consume through your ears, for all your senses. So if you're looking at things, consuming bad things, you're gonna, you're, it's gonna have a bad effect on you, on your brain and your body. Same with what you listen to, and you know if you're always hearing just screaming and shouting, that's a have a real bad effect. But if you listen to really beautiful music, that that lifts you. It's incredible how it just you just have to turn on a song that you love that you get. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be Adele. It could be you know Silver Jew. It could be anything that you love, and uh, 
you're suddenly transformed. You're like, oh, I feel better now. And it's the same when, when someone's kind to you mm. and says hello, you feel better. And it's, it's that visual thing. I, I'm not sure there is any uh, social media, and people are going to disagree with it, but I, I don't think there's anything that actually is nourishing on those platforms at all. Even Instagram now. I'm a, I, I don't look at Twitter. I don't go on Facebook. I do look at Instagram. And even that has become like TikTok mm. um, heaven, isn't it, for people? It's just like this... And I find myself looking at these reels thinking, I don't know where I'm going with this. I need to just turn it off. And, and I feel worse having watched, you know, five minutes of it. Uh, I'm thinking, well, that was a five minutes of my life wasted. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, you know, you're here, right? I think it's a re- it, this leads on to um, something that we have in the show um, called The Big Question. So I think it's time to have The Big Question. <laughs> And you've gone for, Rob, you've got to try and answer or discuss. Could a machine understand the human heart? What do you think about that? Got any thoughts? Well, I've, with the heart, you know, people say, oh, you've got a good heart, or they're kind-hearted. Yeah. But if someone has a, if they have heart failure and then you have a heart transplant, if that heart has come from a bad-hearted person, does that then make the person who's had the heart transplant an arsehole? <laughs> it doesn't, does it? The heart is just a pump. It's yeah. a piece of meat. It's got nothing to do with emotion, um, which is bleak. But that's what I feel. From I feel like from my heart. But the no, I could like what? Where does that come from? Where do you have you have you had that? If you had a feeling, and it you feel it in your heart, or is it? It's more like isn't it lungs as well? Where do you think? Where do you think you think? Where do you mostly use? so if I'm, I would say, if I'm flowing and have a rhythm in the world when things are going right, I'm usually thinking with my body, like my gut, and as you say, my breathing. So when my breathing's all out and bad, I've just had COVID recently and haven't been able to breathe. I've been a bit depressed mm. because I can't breathe properly. And So when I'm breathing properly and I feel healthy, I'm definitely thinking with my body and things are going right, that instinct you you were talking about when you're writing and I can write something I think God, I really like that because it's just come from me it's not come from my head as soon as I had to so I had to write a letter uh, yesterday so my boys play football on a Saturday they go to a really nice club um, it, it, it's, it's exceptional really they do you know they make the boys my boys have become very very good footballers they've been taught amazing things and then they go on Saturday uh, to play on Hackney Marshes, and some of the coaches and parents adhere to the rules, and some don't, and it becomes a safeguarding issue because I w- I wouldn't feel comfortable about leaving my boy there without me being there because it kicks off. So on last Saturday, it all kicked off. This one coach was losing his temper, and my boy was there, and I went over to him and took him out of the thing. So I had to write a letter to say. Um, you know, this happened, but I had to think about it with my head. So all the words I was using were like had to be official. Whereas really, all I wanted to say was this guy was acting like an idiot. He shouldn't be a coach. That's what I wanted to say, and because I couldn't say that, it made me really stressed. That I was having to write a letter in a way that I would never really express it mm. in uh, in my room. And I'm, I'm sure there's something in it. If I think with my head. I, mm. I I actually don't feel very well as a person. If I just feel everything with my body, I'm I think I'm a much better person. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know what. No, I think. Well, I think then you're not getting the um, the. It's not you're not filtering it, is it? It goes back to instinct. You know yeah. that that guy who was kicking off wasn't right. Yeah. And you know, if you could, you want to, it's almost like you want to speak to him without having to use your head because it's yeah. such a raw feeling. 
of that, you know, and that's the thing about feelings are louder than thoughts, aren't they? A lot of the time, like, and you, you can't think and go, oh, that's a, that's that. If you feel, that's what people are always on about with shows. It's like if you can make someone feel something, they're going to remember it yeah. much more than if you. That's why I've tried to put some more jokes in this show, and, and you know, jokes are all right. They make people laugh. But that it it doesn't stick, yeah. No. It just it goes in and it goes out. I laughed, brilliant. Now what? You need it with the feeling, don't you? You need you, you can have the joke, and it makes the feeling bit stronger as well. If someone's just laughed mm-hmm. and then they're feeling, actually the feeling sticks deep as well. Totally. I th- with with it, it is the br- going back to the power of nothing. The the brain. When he said, I read it, and he said, uh, the brain is a tool. And what's, who's this guy again? He's a, he's a Buddhist. Eckhart Tolle, um, I've got to, what is it? The power of now can transform your thinking and result more joy right now. Upper room for you. <laughs> Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now is the best-selling spiritual book of the last 20 years and continues to be embraced by millions of readers around the world. To make the journey into the now, we will need to leave our analytical mind and its false created self, the ego, behind. Although the journey is challenging, Eckhart Tolle, might be pronouncing that wrong, offers simple language and a question and answer format to show us how to silence our thoughts and create a liberate, liberated life. And so we are speaking about that in a simplistic sense, aren't we? Because you know we're not, you no, know. exactly. But he, what he, he when he he says in that book, to paraphrase badly, the the brain is a tool. Only use it when you need to. Yeah. The thoughts going round. You don't need. You don't need that. You don't can. Them, you can yeah. turn that down, and. But it's obviously easier said than done, and I quite like thinking. Yeah, you know? I've tried to in the last, definitely in the last year, just try to enjoy. So I'm someone who could do something, and it's whirring it around in my head for days and days, and I can't silence it. Mm. So what I've tried to do is to just enjoy my thoughts, anything. Enjoy other people's thoughts. Enjoy, you know, my thoughts. When I was writing that letter, you know, to complain about that coach, my one thought afterwards that actually what I wanted to put in the letter was, I, I wanted, I, what I want is just go over and give him a hug, and say it's all right, mate. This doesn't, none of this matters. But you, in the moment, and then the writing the letter saying, look, this needs to be dealt with, I couldn't just go. What he needs is a big hug, but I think, you know, probably that's what. Everyone probably just needs if they're losing their losing their rag, isn't it? Mm. And with the thoughts, you know, turn, trying to turn my thoughts down is just... I try to enjoy them now. Enjoy everyone's thoughts, whatever they're thinking. Whether it's really bad and not just... It's only a thought. It's not them. I don't think it's them. I don't think my thoughts are me. I think they're just there. They're kind of... I haven't really... You know, why did I choose to put them in there? I didn't really. I think they're just been bombarded from somewhere else I've just received them from somewhere yeah 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 yeah. but that's 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 one of the difficulties about writing isn't it all the best things ideas sequences of words I don't sit down and try to write them yeah they just come to you and that is really tough because well it's tough because I wish that it's like Leonard Cohen says. If I knew where the good songs, if I knew the place where the good songs came from, I'd go back there more often. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. with with good ideas, I hundred percent agree with that. I mean, but I think there's ways that you can kind of give your brain more opportunity to be receptive to those good ideas. One is probably reading yeah books i strongly believe in incredible things uh, 1499 from all good uh, websites yeah yeah brilliant uh, or, or john osborne who's on the last show the supermarket love story is a good one yeah uh, the leonard cohen who who um drew this leonard cohen um 
graphic novel. Um, Philippe Girard. Philippe Girard. Oh, Girard. Girard. Yeah, Girard. Yeah, I'm. I think it's obviously translated. It's probably French, is it? Been translated into probably French Canadian. Yeah, probably. I would imagine because he's Canadian, isn't he, Leonard Cohen? So we we didn't answer the question: Could a machine understand the human heart? But well, I let's go back to it then. I could a machine, as in a robot. I've just been reading. Yeah. A, a, I can't remember what it's called. A book about um, clones. Yeah. Who um, a little girl gets buys an AI friend. Is this a fiction yeah it's yeah. about the power of the sun oh, i can't remember what it's called the power of the sun but um no no i, th I think i don't I'd, because I'd, I'd, i think that it's bigger than the heart isn't it i think uh, it's we're just enclosed in these bodies that we've been given and it'll all go and then well that I guess that's where spirit and soul and everything yeah, like that is. Is that, it yeah. could a machine understand the heart and try to develop a, a soul and be its own person? Mm. I don't know. I mean, mm. it. But they're all wired up. Like my lava lamp stopped working. Changed the bulb. Didn't do anything. Put a new fuse in it. Started working again. So. As long as we know the mechanics, then... Oh, but, I mean, what, you know, it's rising machines, isn't it, Terminator? And I, a long time ago, in the 90s, I was... Uh, I was assisting a photographer. Mm. And we went to the University of Reading, and there was a guy there who was teaching robots to learn. It was, like, one of the first things that they'd bump into something, and they knew they would never bump into that bit of wall again. So they could go around the laboratory with just without bumping into stuff it's pretty incredible and he had a chip put in his arm so he could pick up an egg in new york through a computer and things like that it's almost like oh you know machines will we will eventually become part what's already happening isn't it your phone won't be in your hand anymore it'll just be in your brain so in a weird way but the you know, the more you know the more machine that we become like the le probably the less heart we're getting. Mm. People are becoming a bit more soulless because they look at screens uh, all day. It's hard to tell because we're in it. I definitely have what someone's called, someone said to me the other day: future shock. You know because it's time has moved from when we didn't have mobile phones. Because I was looking at my boys got a, for their birthday they got a, a timeline of everything. And one of the ones was technology. And, like, YouTube was only invented in 2005. It's not that long ago, is it? I mean, it's like, oh, wow. You know, it's only 15 or 16 years ago that that thing didn't even exist. No wonder I'm out of, you know, outside of all this. Because I, my granddad would have had, you know, the car and the aeroplanes would have started coming out. That would have been a bit of a culture shock and maybe um, credit cards and things like that. But at the pace of our technology, it's just, it's extreme at the moment, isn't it? Mm. And I definitely feel much older in myself because of technology than I did, than I would, you know, than I would do normally if, if the world hadn't really changed around me. And I still felt in control of it. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that with... Certain things of, um, I saw a thing yesterday where it was a interview in the garden with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah. And he was talking about how a lot of people don't have to do very much to get a lot of attention mm. at the moment. Mm -hmm a lot of you know people talk about them so and he was saying how you know how hard he's had to work and he's pleased that he's of that generation yeah um and i mean he's a year older than me is he yeah he's massive isn't he yes he yeah 
I saw, you know, when I'm watching plays, it's a huge monster of a man. Wait, so, yeah, go on. But all that about discipline, he's, so he's someone who obviously had an immense amount of talent. Yeah. But he's, he's used it and he's worked and worked yeah. and worked and worked and worked. Mm. And it's like Werner Herzog. He's, mm. If someone asked him for advice, he just said, Read, 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 yeah, read, yeah. read, 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 read. That's it. Yeah. Just keep working on yourself, and that's that's the that's the comfort I take on a daily basis. Of if you do work on yourself and do the work, then everything should take care of itself. But. Sometimes it doesn't, you know. Yeah. Some, some people say, "Oh, if you work hard, no worries. You'll yeah. be you'll be fine." That's not true. Yeah, Unfortunately, true. you need a bit of luck to to, to say, if you want to get where you want to get to. It, there has to be a bit of luck involved as well. But then you know, people say the harder I work, the luckier I get. Um, that was who said that? Gary Player or someone? I think a lot of people have said that. But yeah. it's. Uh, the, the, it has to be a positive, the positive outlook of, like Nick Cave says, commit to your own derangement, and um, just believe in that. So with the show I'm doing at the moment, so I got a bit in it about um, muesli. Um, because I've been eating a lot of muesli and <laughs> I like looking at it and thinking about the, all the ingredients, you know, and how all the ingredients in a bowl of muesli are so close together in that bowl. But if you rewound the process, all the different things would come from fields, a coconut, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and it, a, lot and, of distance a vineyard, things. <laughs> so much distance. <laughs> And Even a raisin, it's got to be no, dried raisin, down Exactly, first, so that would yeah. be a grape in, yeah. in, in the sunshine. <laughs> and then it's like, you can't, I've got a line that seems to work. That I, um, But just that, I thought, oh, will anyone like that? And then they did, and then you think, oh, right, of course, you know, because that was something that I found funny. And then even, you know, on the bus today, there was a, there was a little girl on the top deck with her mum, I think, and she, we were at the traffic lights and um, she said, look how close we are to that traffic light mummy. We could probably touch that if we tried. And then I thought, oh, that would be funny if the mum just like punched the window through and started touching the traffic light. And then I put it on Twitter and no one liked no, it. Like but then I thought, I thought... Delete that. Delete, <laughs> save it for my own thing. You know, I just, I'll just... But that, this, is it better to sit down and have a thought and make yourself laugh and not share it and go, oh, yeah, no, I, I like I've that. started doing that. I like it a lot. So, like, Billy, like he, so his brother, Finn, they're the same age, Finn always just takes himself to bed and goes to bed. He's like, right, lights out, I'm going to sleep. Whereas Billy likes to have a chat about, you know, to wind down and think about what he's experienced in the day. And at the moment, they're, they're learning a lot about, you know, saving the planet and, you know, recycling and all that stuff. And uh, he's just lying there. And his last question was, um, you know, Dad, if everything's going to die what's the point of saving anything? And I was just like, mate, that's a big thought, you've got to go bed, lights off. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, you've got to start somewhere. So, uh, Rob, to, uh, just before we finish, yeah. um, congratulations, you're, you're engaged to be married now. Yeah. Well done. Thanks. That's really good news. Um, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that, going to the wedding next year. Good stuff. And... Um, <laughs> So where can they see? Where can people see um, some of your work in progress? If you want them to come along, no one's listening. I tell you, there's a few people. If you're listening in America, there's people who live in the states and they listen. It's like, oh, drop us a little <laughs> note and say hi, because I'm always wondering who, who in Columbus, Ohio, is listening to this. 
Hi, anyway, if you've managed to get through this this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So, so 50 minutes. So where can they see it? They can see it. See what? Um, your work in progress. Are you not doing anything to the new year now? No, probably not. Uh, Margate, maybe, on December the 14th. Okay. Look on your website, though, eh? Yeah, I'm going to keep updating my website. It's funny, isn't it? I thought that... I don't know why I haven't really put much stuff on my website. I just thought, ah, uh, people communicate with people through Instagram. No one looks at websites. Mm. But they do, I think. I think people do people look do. at websites. You have to be on top of all of the platforms, don't you? Yeah. Because everyone's using different things to communicate. Um, Which is, you know, we've modern technology has got a bit of a battering in this podcast, but yeah, you know, we won't, you wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for. Well, uh, look at my iPad. I'm, I'm, I'm recording this on. Yeah, no. I think I think the first iPad didn't come around to 2010 or something, and now look at it. I'm recording a whole thing on it yeah. with a little microphone over there. Pretty amazing. I, I mean, technology it is amazing, isn't it? It's just that's brilliant. But over lockdown, I mean. Uh, we got sent a P- PS4, uh, and who by a friend or Vic's someone? parents? Oh, okay. Because you know it, it was brilliant, fantastic I you, gift. I thought you'd be sponsored by Sony or something. No, 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 no. Okay, no. right, yeah. Um, uh, because I thought, okay, let's give him a present, and that has been it's such a blessing to. I remember the first time I played on it and it was such a rush but now I think that because stuff's coming back I think right come on I was watching an interview with Jimmy Carr and he was saying about the first time he played Call of Duty and he thought this is so good (laughs) I'm never going to play it again because I've got stuff to do and I know that this is just going to absolutely wreck me. Yeah. But maybe that's just... I, I think that you can... You, you know, if you, if you can be disciplined, read a book, play on the computer for half an hour. Yeah, my boys are... I don't really play on it. I just... It doesn't... It's never excited. Computer games have never really excited me. Mm. Never got... I think it's because I didn't have them as a kid and by the time I'd got to stage... That I did play. I played Tomb Raider all all one summer hmm. in PlayStation One, and that was it. That was my time. I was like, I've done it. I've completed that. I don't think I'll ever go back to computer games, and I never did really. Um, but my boy, like Billy, now they, he wants to play Minecraft, but no one really wants to play with him. So it's really limiting. So he ends up having to, you know, because he's and he's better at it than everyone else. They don't really want to play with him. So it's like okay, and then <laughs> Finn, they'd be like they'd be like really into one game and then it'll be a month later they're into another game. Into So it's always moving on. Mm. and So they're not really into it as much as they were, uh, which is kind of a good thing. They prefer to go outside and kick a football or go on their skateboards or stuff like that. And, oh, you know, I've, I've never been able to skateboard. No, but that, that goes back to... the. Uh, I'm misquoting a lot of people here, but another thing... You've got a lot of quotes. No, when you've, Jim, when, you've been reading a load of quotes. When Jerry, oh, no, no. <laughs> another thing about... I mean, Jerry Seinfeld says about um, skateboarders when he sees them. Maybe it's Larry <laughs> David. He says, whenever I see a skateboarder, I think, ah, they'll be all right because of the trial and error of it. Yeah, yeah. And falling down and getting back up and trying again. And falling down and getting and doing it and doing it until you do it and it yeah. it's like such a specific and clear example of what practice what practice can can achieve. I wonder if because surfers and skateboarders have a very sort of similar outlook in life, don't they? It is it is what you talk. They are in that moment. Of, I'm just going to try and slide my skateboard along that bit of metal, and I'm going to keep trying it. It's there isn't. There's no real reward apart from because no one could be around yeah. and they're just doing it in their in their in them. Well, finding up d- working so that you can do something that you couldn't do before. Yeah, and that's and just having the joy of doing that because there's no unless you're going to be a professional skater or surfer. But most people are sitting in the ocean, 
on top of their surfboard waiting for a wave and they're going to try to ride it a little bit. Mm. And life's like a wave, man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Rob, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has been the longest podcast I've done, but I've decided after the you know, lockdown that I'm into talking to people. So if uh, you can always turn it off if you got bored halfway got through. Got an hour. Anyway. An hour in two, one. And uh, see you later. Thanks for listening uh, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, see you. Poet Waffle was written and presented by Daniel Cockrell. Original concept by Jack White. Music and audio production by Julian Ward. Artwork by Damien Wayhill. And technical support from Laurie Eaves. Thank <laughs> you.